is Ashley Baxter. For those of you who don't know me, I have really the honor and the privilege of serving as one of our pastors here on staff at Anchor Bend. Pastor Jim and Pastor Phyllis asked me to share a word this morning, so they will be back next week. And I have to tell you, I am excited about the word. I feel like it's something that God has really been just stirring in my heart over the last six months, and, and I, I just pray that it blesses you this morning. But before I dive into that, I would like to honor just a few people in my life. I can never miss the opportunity to honor my family. Um, I know you guys probably know them, but I never miss an opportunity to brag on them. My husband, Kevin Baxter, he is the love of my life and the single most handsome man in the entire world. Um, also, Scarlett and Sailor. Scarlett is my oldest, and we call her the sunshine girl. Uh, my youngest is uh, Say Say. Sometimes we call her Sassy Say Say. And uh, she is known as Sugar Britches. And so I love them so much. I get all the sugars from her. But honestly, I would not be able to do ministry and to share with you guys today without them. So I love you very much, Kevin. And I'm thankful for you. Um, I also want to honor another group of people. Church, I want you to know that you have a staff team that loves you so much. They are a group of dynamic individuals that really inspire me each and every day. They plan for you. They pray for you. They pray for you every single day. Can we just take a minute to give it up for our staff team? They're amazing, and I love them very much. All right, and last and certainly not least, I'll, I'll get started here in just a minute, I promise, but I cannot stand on this platform without first honoring our lead pastors, Pastor Jim and Phyllis Kyles. Come on, we have some great pastors. I want you to know I've got to, to travel and see a ton of different churches all over the United States, and I want you to know Pastor Jim and Phyllis are the best of the best, and I love them so much. My favorite thing about Pastor Jim and Pastor Phyllis is their authenticity and transparency. They're not here pretending or playing church. Come on, what you see is what you get, and it's that transparency that draws us to connect with them. But they're authentic and transparent, all while inspiring us to be better. I know they're watching online. Pastor Jim and Pastor Phyllis, we love you. Thank you for saying yes to God's call on your life and for continuing to say yes, even when things get hard. We love you so much, and we're also very thankful for you. And I'm thankful that I get to be sharing a word. It is, again, a word that's been inside of my heart. And I want you to know that if you're here this morning, it's not an accident. God has placed you here. Maybe you're watching online. I want you to know it's not an accident. God has something he wants to deposit in your heart this morning. And my prayer for each of you is honestly that you would just open up your heart in this moment. That you would allow God to minister and do whatever it is that he wants to do. I'm going to open this up in prayer and then we're going to dive right into the word of God. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, that you are holy and righteous in everything that is good. God, we thank you for your word that does not return void, but accomplishes all that you have ordained for it too. God, I bind any distraction over your people in the name of Jesus. God, anything that they're thinking about, anything from work, anything from a relational struggle they might be facing, God, anything that exalts itself above the name of Jesus, God, that they would be present and ready to receive whatever it is that you wanted to deposit. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 
Now, as you all know, we are in a series called Rebuilding. Say Rebuilding. Rebuilding. Say it again. Say Rebuilding. Rebuilding. Very good. So the definition of rebuilding is to build something up after it has been damaged or destroyed. As a church, as a person, come on, as a human on planet Earth right now, we all find ourselves in the middle of a season of rebuilding. We're trying to rebuild our lives post-COVID. We're trying to rebuild our mental health after heartache and loss. We're trying to rebuild our habits, our finances, our faith, and our lives. It's really a pivotal time in our church, in our world, and in our lives. It's a time when we want to rebuild. We want to restore. But we have to be careful, church, that as we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding on the right foundation, one with God at the center. Because when God restores, let me tell you, it is always better than it was before. And as I was preparing for you guys this morning, God kept giving me this image of a slingshot. Y'all know what a slingshot looks like, right? So a slingshot, you have to pull it backwards in order for what's in it to move forward. And as you pull it backwards, it creates tension on the rope or rubber band. And that tension gives it what it needs to catapult further. When you study slingshots, the further you pull it back, the further forward it will go. And it reminded me of something Pastor Jim said early last year before COVID hit. He said, sometimes in order to go forwards, you have to go backwards. You see, I believe that picture of a slingshot paints exactly where we are at as a church. We're pulled back. There's been some tension on the rope. Come on, somebody. God's been working out some things. We're pulled back and poised for God to release us into a future that's bigger and better than anything we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Come on, who is ready to release God's will in their life? Who is ready to release God's kingdom on planet earth like never before? Who is ready to release God's perfect plan for their life? You see, God is ready for us to release some things. There are some things that as we rebuild cannot go forward with us. And we are moving forward. Make no mistake about it. See, I know the enemy of your soul, yeah, he would love to make you believe that you are stuck. That somehow you're just right where you're at and there's no way that you're going to move to another level. But I want to remind you what God's word says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It's one of my favorite verses. And it says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. See, if you're not dead, God is not done. Greater things are still to come. See, God doesn't want you to go backwards. He wants to take you to a new level of glory. It says ever-increasing glory. So that means we're going to a new level of glory. He wants you to receive his glory. Now, that word glory in its original translation, it's a beautiful word, and it's actually kabod. Somebody say kabod. Say it again. Say kabod. 
Yeah, and it means the full weight of who God is. God wants you to experience the fullness of who he is. So if, if 2020 felt backwards to you, you're, you're not alone. But let me remind you that it is actually a divine setup. But you have a part to play in this. If you want to go forward, there's some things that you're going to have to release. There's some things that as a church we're going to have to let go of. The title of this message is Release to Rebuild. Release to Rebuild. So as we move forward today, I want to challenge you to ask yourself one question. What is it that God wants you to release this morning? What is it that you need to let go of? Now, if you have your message notes or Bible apps or whatever it is that you use to read the Word of God, now is the time to pull it out. And we're going to pick up in 2 Samuel 21, verses 15 through 17. And as you're pulling that out, I'll go ahead and set it up for you, a little context for David. So David, he's actually one of my favorite Bible characters. I talk about him all the time. He was known as a man after God's own heart. And at this point in Scripture, David had already been anointed king by Samuel when he was a boy. He had already slayed a giant. He had already ran from Saul's persecution. And he finds himself now at war again as the king of God's chosen people. And it says, once again, once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. Now, when I read that, that once again part just really just popped out at me. Now, once again, that means we've been here before. It represents a cyclical struggle. It represents the cyclical struggle that we have with sin in our lives. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. So David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. Maybe you're here today, and you find yourself fighting the same giant. I'm here to encourage you today. Maybe you're like David. Maybe you're not weak. You might just be weary. See, Pastor Jim is leading us to rebuild, but you feel like you have nothing left. You hear me up here talking about new levels, but you are still fighting the same battle. You see, David was at a new level. He wasn't a boy with a slingshot anymore, but he was still fighting the same battle. You know, that one that you thought you already whooped, that that addiction that continues to come up, that anger that you thought you took care of but you found yourself screaming last night, that organization, that, that business that you are rebuilding yet again. It is a new season. It's a new level, but you're still fighting the same enemy. Let me tell you, our enemy, yeah, he's not creative. God is creative. So we have to study our enemy's tactics. He always outplays his hands. See, David had already conquered the Philistines once, but he was in a new season. Come on. He was at a new level. 
So he had to recognize this is different. I need to shift the strategy, somebody. We need to shift the strategy to meet the season because I wonder if some of us aren't fighting new giants with old tactics. We have to shift the strategy to meet the season. Let's keep going. And it says, but Abishai, thank God for Abishai, son of Zeruhah, came down to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore to him saying, never again. Somebody say never again. So it started with once again, but it ended with never again. That's what God does. Come on, never again will you go down with us to battle so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. You see, David, yeah, he had to shift the strategy for that season. He couldn't fight the giant all by himself anymore. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. He couldn't fight the giant all by himself anymore. God sent him a band of brothers to fight with him. I don't know what giant you're facing this morning, but I can promise you, God doesn't want you to fight it all by yourself. That's why he brought you to a church that has small groups, so you can get around some people that will cheer you on, that will help fight and move you forward. He doesn't fight the same way. He doesn't need to fight with a slingshot anymore. He's not a boy. He's a king. He doesn't need to fight with a slingshot. A king puts on armor. So maybe we need to stop fighting the same way and put on the armor of God this morning. Maybe it's time to shift the strategy from doing everything ourselves. Maybe it's a new season. We need a new strategy. And God is calling us to release in order to rebuild. You see, David had to release the idea that he could do it all on his own. He had to release who he always thought he was. He was always a warrior king. He was always right there out in front. But he had to release who he always thought he was in order to win the victory. He had to recognize what got him here can't get him there. What is God asking you to release this morning? So when I introduced myself, I introduced and honored uh, my family. My oldest daughter, her name is Scarlett Faye Baxter. And she is the joy of my life. And she is a little leader and very, very, very driven. <laughs> she likes to get things done. I have absolutely no earthly idea where she got that from. But it's Christmas morning and she had been begging for a specific toy for weeks. It was an LOL doll. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, mamas. Y'all know those LOL dolls? Who knows about the LOL dolls? All right. I am uncertain about the fishnet hose on the LOL dolls, but I asked God for his permission, and he told me that it was okay to give to my daughter. So she's been asking for this giant LOL doll, and it's Christmas morning, and she has it. She's so fired up, and in her typical style, she wants to open up the present like today, like now. And so I don't know if you guys have seen presents lately, or toys, I'm sorry, but they are locked down so tightly. There is like cords and wires. They have screws. I'm like, this is a $20 toy, folks. Let's calm down just a little bit, just a little bit. And so she tries to open up the toy, and then she comes to me and she says, Mom, I cannot open up the thing that I've been asking for 
for months. And I'm like, okay, I got you. I got this. And so I start to pull out some scissors from the drawer. But of course, she can't wait for me to get the scissors out. So she jerks it back from my hands and goes into her room and proceeds to try to do it herself. Of course, she can't get into the box. So she comes back and she says, mom, I cannot get into the box. Will you please help me? And so I'm able to cut some cords off of the thing that she had been asking for, but we needed a screwdriver now. And she, she couldn't wait for me to get the screwdriver out. That was a whole other level. So she took it back again and goes into her room and proceeds to try to open it herself. Finally, she comes back to me a third time. Her cheeks are red. She's angry. She's sad. She's all types of emotions. And she says, Mom, I cannot open this on my own. And she finally releases it to me. And I wonder if that isn't a picture of us with God. We've been asking him for some things in our life. We've been begging him for the things that we want, the desires of our heart. And he's standing there, the creator of the universe, by the way. He's saying, release it to me. Release it to me. See, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. What is God asking you to release this morning? Church, I'm going to outline four things that I believe if we release will set us up for the greatest experience of God's kingdom in our life. The first and one of the most important things, if you ask me, things that we need to release is we have to release our will. We have to release our will. We have to release our will and realize that God yeah, he's sovereign. <laughs> Come on, somebody, he is sovereign. We serve a sovereign God. And I know we come to church and we sing about his power and his majesty and everything is great, but do we really believe that God is sovereign? So the definition of sovereign is possessing supreme and ultimate power. That means he is in control of everything. Do we really grasp that God is in control of everything, that he is working every situation together for our good and for his glory? Do we believe that the creator of the universe has placed you right where you're at? In this moment in time, he's picked you out and he's placed you with your family, in your job, in this church, that every encounter, every task, every struggle comes or was allowed by him. Think about it. If we really believe that, then how would we live? How would we approach life? I believe that we wouldn't complain. We certainly wouldn't blame other people and we wouldn't look at what we didn't have because everything would be from God or allowed by him. Proverbs 2019 says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. So I used to read that scripture and, and I thought that it only meant what he reveals through the word of God. And church, I want you to know right now, there is no substitute for the word of God. Come on, each and every one of us should be in there. We should be allowing God to speak to us, allowing him to form us and fashion us through his word. But as I started to, to, to study the sovereignty of God, I started to learn that God isn't just speaking through his word. He's speaking through his sovereignty. 
What is he saying through where he's placed you today? What words is he speaking to you through your family members, through your kids, through your leaders, through your pastors? See, God is constantly talking. But when we lose sight of his sovereignty, we begin to think that we are somehow in control. See, the word of God says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. Now, my youngest daughter, she, her name is Say Say. We've already discussed that it's Sassy Say Say. Sassy Say Say loves sweets. <laughs> loves sweets. She's, she's adorable and cute, and I almost want to give her every single sweet that she wants. But she wakes up in the morning, and before she can say, I love you, before she can give you a hug, her little eyes open, and she says, I want cereal and milk. <laughs> and she doesn't want, like, granola. She wants, you know what I'm talking about, the co cocoa, like, rich, sugary cereal and milk. So we proceed to give her some cereal and milk, and then we add in some fruit trying to make it better. And she's sitting over there at the breakfast table, and she's looking at us, and she says, I want a cookie and a snack pack like chocolate pudding in my lunch. Well, we choose one, we put it in our lunch, and then she goes to school. And somehow between her lunch and when she gets back in the car with me, she has manipulated a teacher to give her something else. She comes into the car with this big smile and somehow she has gotten a donut, a cupcake, a piece of candy. I'm like, quit drugging our children at school, teachers. I'm sorry. Quit giving them sugar. And then she, she comes home and if I'm not careful, she will beeline it straight to the pantry. And what does she want to get out? A sweet I didn't really monitor it that closely at first, but, but then I started noticing that she was having tummy aches. Then I took her to the dentist, and of course she had some cavities in there. She wasn't really sleeping that well at night, and so her daddy and I met, and we decided, being the good parents that we are, that we needed to shift some things, that we needed to change her diet just a little bit. So instead of cookies, now she gets bananas and peanut butter. Come on, some graham crackers in, in there instead of regular cookies. And she pitched a total fit. Let me tell you, we don't call her sassy say say for no reason. This girl was upset when we started taking the sweets away. I'm talking crocodile tears, laying down on the ground, on the couch, just screaming and hollering. She didn't like it, not one little bit. But can I tell you what? Those tummy aches, yeah, those stomach aches went away. When I took her to the dentist, there were no more cavities. She started having more energy outside. She was sleeping through the night. And I wonder if that isn't a picture of us with God. He's shifting some things in our diet. And we don't seem to like it very much. We're like say, say, laying down, just complaining but maybe God is like Kevin and I were. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He sits with a different perspective. See, the devil, yeah, he doesn't come around in a little red pitchfork and cape. He comes in everything that you think you want. And God doesn't want you to submit to his will so that he can control you. He wants you to submit to his will so that he can fulfill you. But he's not a forcer. He's not going to force you to do it. He's not a forcer. He's a filler. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes his will is hard. Sometimes 
It's not what's the most comfortable for us. But can I tell you what I've learned? Wherever God has you, that's exactly where you need to be. See, because sometimes you can't get to the kingdom without the cross. And he is more concerned with your character than your comfort. We have to release. You can clap right there. That's a good place. We have to release our wills in order to rebuild stronger. And the second thing we have to do is we have to release our images. I'm so excited. We have to release our images. This is going to touch somebody today. All right, Ezekiel 27, and this is God speaking to us today. He says, then I said to them, each of you, get rid of the vile images you were so obsessed with. Do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. Now, Egypt represents the land of slavery. So he's saying, do not defile yourselves with the idols and images that lead to slavery. For I, yeah, I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against him and would not listen. They did not get rid of the vile images they were obsessed with or forsake the idols of Egypt. You see, since the beginning of time, God has tried, I mean, the, the devil has tried to replace our identity with an image. Satan's strategy since the beginning of time is to keep us obsessed with these images. Now, our images are not wooden idols like they were back then, they're thoughts. Come on, their ideas, their habits based off of misrepresented and twisted truths. So I spoke a little bit about my youngest daughter, Sailor, and a little bit about Scarlett. I'm gonna tell another illustration about Scarlett, so just hang with me. But like I said, she is a leader and she likes to build things. And one day she is building her Lego set. Okay, can we just have a little intervention about the Lego sets? The Lego sets these day, days are $90. I have never in my life, I just about passed out when I went to the store. She's like, Mom, get me some Legos. And I went in there and I'm like, $90 for a piece of plastic? I just don't know. I need to have a conference with all the toy makers in the house. And I need to say, your packaging and pricing are not how they need to be. But anyway, we got her the $90. We ha actually have a couple of the $90 Lego sets. And she loves it. She loves to build things. She loves to put them together. It challenges her. And she's upstairs in our playroom. And she's putting together the, the big shebang, you know, the $90 one. And she comes downstairs and she says, Mom, I cannot get the puzzle to fit together. The pieces aren't right. See, she always looks at the picture on the outside of the box when she's building her Lego set. So I go upstairs and I'm like, okay, this is the $90 Lego set. So you better believe we are going to put it together. This is going to happen. So I go up there and I begin to look and assess the situation. And she's right. The pieces that she has of the Lego set, they, they're not really matching the picture on the outside. And I'm getting kind of hot about it. But then as I start to look a little bit further, what I realize is that she's looking at the wrong box. She's looking at the wrong image. And so she's frustrated that the pieces that she has don't match. And I wonder if that isn't a picture of us in our lives. We're looking at these images that the world gives us and then we're frustrated when the pieces of our lives don't match when our gifting, when our family, when the circumstances don't line up with the images that we are obsessed with. Who told you that your career needed to look that way? 
What image of someone else's life are you so obsessed with on social media? That's not real. What image of fun do you have for your life? Is it the one that they're selling, right? The party lifestyle? Sure, it's fun at first. I know I've lived it until you wake up one morning hungover, addicted, and depressed. What image are you so obsessed with? Where did you get the picture that your kids are supposed to play every single sport under the sun? Sure, I know you're trying to fit the image of a great parent. You're trying to raise your kids up with the American dream. But the truth is, you're exhausted. And you're, and you're not even coming to church on Sunday anymore because you're going to games. See, we're so desperate for significance that we have to define ourselves in order to feel valuable. That's why zodiac signs and enneagrams and, and personality tests are so important because we're desperate for something or somebody to tell us who we are. We're desperate to label ourselves. Let me tell you, the moment you label something, yeah, you limit it. The images, the way we see things, the way we envision things keep us distracted. They keep us from authentically knowing ourselves, from authentically knowing other people, and from authentically knowing God. Author Frederick Buchner, in his best-selling book, Telling Secrets, he says it like this. It is important to tell, at least from time to time, the secret of who we truly and fully are, even if we tell it only to ourselves. Otherwise, we run the risk of losing track of who we really and fully are, and little by little come to accept instead the highly edited version which we put forth in hope that the world will find it more acceptable than the real thing. Hebrews says, get rid of the vile images you are so obsessed with. Do not defile yourselves again with the idols of Egypt. See, we have to get rid of the facade, the image, the projected self, the picture of our lives that doesn't come from God. Now, as far back as I can remember in my adult life, I have felt, felt shame for the type of homemaker. I have felt shame for the type of homemaker I was. See, I was raised with a beautiful mom and sister who seemed to champion the heart of homemaking. See, you walk into their homes, and let me tell you, their homes, yeah, they're spotless, somebody. You can eat off the floor. It's really remarkable. It really is. And then you walk into their homes. I mean, I'm talking Pinterest-level style. They need to be in magazines. You walk in. You feel right at home. You go into their kitchen, and they have every single kitchen utensil known to man. Like, it's really overwhelming. Every pot, every, like, like cup, every serving dish, every knife, fork. I mean, it's, it's like another level, okay? They have all the matching perfect dish towels, you know, that they change for the season. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
They have everything. They, they, they have all those, those special things, and we laugh about it, right? But I became, to, to get older, I started to have kids, and I recognized, I thought that I was going to be just like them, right? But I began to recognize that I didn't have the same spiritual giftings that they did. Come on. Now, my house is clean. Don't worry. We eat. It's all good. But I could care less. I actually hate to clean. I hate it. I want to outsource all of it. I don't want to do any of it in Jesus' name. I could care less about matching dish towels. Come on. You come to my house, and I still have Christmas dish towels out. Whatever works, just clean it, you know? I could care less about cooking utensils. You know what cooking utensil I like? DoorDash, baby. Come on that door. Can we get an amen for DoorDash in the house? I'm just so, I'm so thankful for DoorDash. I'm serious. We laugh about it, but I hated myself for so many years because I didn't look like them. I thought I had this image of how I should be as a mother and a wife. And if I didn't look like them, then somehow I wasn't a good mom or wife. But God brought me in his sovereignty to his word in Jeremiah 1 through 5. And it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I'm talking to somebody today. Stop trying to be a copy when God has made you an original. See, I, I'm, I might not have the spiritual gift of hospitality like they do, but let me tell you what I do have. I do have the spiritual gift of leadership, and I love, I might not like to cook, but I love to build teams. I love to implement processes and procedures that advance God's kingdom in a radical way. I love to raise my kids where they get to see me speaking and engaging because I know that God has a specific destiny for their life. But my kids and my husband, they can't be who God created them to be if I'm not who God created me to be. See, we have to release our wills. We have to release the images of our lives. And last and certainly not least, we have to release the expectations that we put on others. See, one of the main things that robs us of contentment is unmet expectations. Think about it. Marriage fights, unmet expectations. <laughs> I'm thinking about a marriage fight of mine, sorry. <laughs> Kids being punished, unmet expectations. Relationship issues, unmet expectations. You're frustrated with your boss or your leader or your pastor, unmet expectations. See, we put so much pressure on other people to meet the needs that we have in our lives, and then we are disappointed when they can't meet the mark. They can't fill the role. I would like to propose to you this morning that maybe that's because they were never intended to. So we're left offended. We're offended at them and we're offended at God. I believe that as we rebuild, we have to be really careful to watch out for offense. See, offense robs us of our ability to love and in so doing separates us from God. See, the word of God says that God is love. He is love. See, he created you and me, but he is love. Matthew 24, 10 through 12 says it this way, and this is Jesus talking about the end times, and he says, 
And then many, many, not a few, but many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You see, we get offended because we are expecting other people to fulfill a role that only God can. It says many will be offended. Many. Now, I just recently walked through a season of offense, probably about two years ago, and I was so upset. I was heartbroken. See, I was passed over for a role or position that I thought I was entitled to. I was like, don't they know who I am? I am like the best thing since sliced bread, but I didn't get, I did not get their affirmation. They did not recognize who I was. Come on. So I got passed over for the role. They didn't accept my performance. See, in my whole life, I've struggled with performance. I always offer that to the world as my value. And I was upset. I was more than just upset. Like, I was legitimately depressed. I was crying in my bedroom. And I had to get some wise counsel in my life and really dig into the word of God. But after some times, I started to recognize that I needed their recognition. I needed their affirmation in order to feel good about who I was. See, I had expected them to affirm me, to validate me in a way that only God could. Again, we have to stop expecting other people to fulfill the role that only God can. It says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Such a beautiful word right there. That word love in its original translation is agape. Say agape. It's such a powerful word. There's actually two words in the New Testament that articulate love. One is filio, and it represents kind of like a friend love. Like, you scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. It says, yeah, if you treat me correctly, if you treat me right, I'll treat you right. But that word agape right there, oh, that's a different kind of love entirely. It's the kind of love that God sheds abroad in the hearts of all of his children. It is unconditional. It's the love that Jesus gives to us freely. It's the type of love that isn't based on performance or even if it is returned. It's the type of love that gives even when it's rejected. Church, God wants us to experience his agape love. And he wants us to extend that same unconditional love to other people. We have to release our wills. We have to release the images in our life we have to release the expectations we put on others. And if we do that, church, I firmly believe that we will be able to release God's kingdom like never before.
before. Yeah.